Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast series of the European Green Party. Today we are here talking about the conference we just held in Rome called Moving Ahead, Green Mobilities for Healthy Cities. And uh, we are here with uh, Eveline Whitbrook, who is the responsible for local council network and policy of the green cities for the European Green Party. And she's also a member of the Brussels Parliament. Welcome Eveline. Welcome. So, can you please explain us what was the main aim of the conference you held in Rome? The first aim is that we bring together uh, different local councillors coming this time from uh, big cities on a specific thematic. And this, this, uh, this time it was on the question, uh, important question for big cities, not only for big cities, but Uh, for everyone about uh, mobility, but also the green uh, priority uh, against the pollution of air. And so it's for AGP the third event that we organized with all those uh, green local councillors. We did one in Helsinki last year, uh, and then another one in Munich on the question of refugee, and uh, and now on uh, on mobility. Why? Because there is uh, a big demand of the local councillor uh, to exchange. Uh, exchange uh, the best practice, exchange the way or they work, and exchange also the problems or the the obstacles that they that they meet, and of course to find together answers to this question. Okay, I followed of course the conference, and I remember that Monica Oltra, the vice president of the Valencian government, said that small local actions can generate a real revolution. So in Rome, we had local councillors from Paris, Berlin, Naples. How can they really make the difference? Maybe because I'm also a local councillor and uh, also a regional MP and before minister, uh, regional uh, minister here in Brussels, I see how we can concrete uh, change situation in, uh, in some policies in energy, in environment, or in mobility. When we have very clear priority, when we have also maybe time during our mandate, because it needs time to change to change the situation. Um, and so uh, I, I'm convinced that uh, it's from, uh, it's, it's really a bottom-up action that we, that we need with the local consider. I can speak about, for example, uh, the question of the climate. Ten years ago, uh, it was only the states that were discussing together in the, the COP about climate. And when the cities began six years ago, we, we, we saw that they were more ambitious, the cities, than the states. And they really make a lobby and a pre they pressure the states to accept more ambitious uh, aim on this climate issue. And for the moment, you can see everywhere, look to the United States, for example, where the cities are really more ambitious than the United States. 
uh, and you, you you can observe that everywhere in the world. So uh, I want absolutely to 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 uh, reinforce uh, the link between all the green local councillors in those cities. And well, getting back to the conference again, um, Silke Goebel, member of the Berlin State Parliament, uh, underlined how good environmental policies can lead to more just societies. Can you explain us a bit more about the link about just societies and environmental policies? Ah, uh, it's uh, for, for me, it's it, it's really uh, completely linked. Um, I was an, uh, I was Minister of Environment, but also of Social Affairs. And it was always, you have to, 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 to think uh, those matters globally. Uh, if you, for example, if you think about the, the question of mobility, it's not only the question because we have too many cars, it's also because we have when we have many cars, we have also more pollution and we have problems with the health, with the, with the baby and with the older persons. But we can see also that we have more problem of pollution in, uh, in, in some neighborhoods uh, who have social problems in the, in the city. So the question of mobility is a question of pollution affair, of health and of social justice. Uh, environment is it's the same in the world if you see the problem of climate uh, uh, the first victims are the, the people of the south and the question of the refugee environmental refugee we will know it uh, in uh, and in Europe we will see that in the the next uh, year we will have not thousands of refugee, political refugee, but millions of environmental refugee. Uh, so, of course, that environment, it's really linked with the question of social justice. And since you just mentioned pollution, um, Green Local Councillors in Rome also signed a common appeal calling for clean air and sustainable, sustainable mobility. Um, can you tell us more about that? Maybe it was the first time that we did it. It's that uh, all the people who are there, and we were happy with uh, uh, the public that we have. We had about uh, between 100 and 150 persons coming there uh, from everywhere, from uh, Oslo to Valence to Paris to Brussels to uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, to, to Greece, from uh, from everywhere. Uh, and uh, the the what we wanted is that all the people there can sign uh, an appeal on the question of mobility to say to the other uh, local consider that were not present this day that we can share something together uh, and that we can bring that in our city that we can make new law on that that we can make a resolution so we 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 kit we this this uh, this event also with a, with a text, and this text is not only a text; it's really our priority. And the priority on uh, on mobility, it's of course reduce the number of uh, of cars in the in the in the city, but not only that; it's also to share mobility, uh, to reinforce the the. Um, uh, the bike and pedestrian uh, policy to have another uh, taxation 
uh, on uh, on uh, mobility to rethink the accessibility of all the public sphere and buildings for the person with reduced mobility. And this time also, uh, we made the links with the question of the diesel gate, uh, who was and who is always a big question here uh, uh, in Europe. And we ask clearly an EU uh, wide recall of all dirty cars on our roads that violate EU legislation and emit more NOx and CO2 emission than permitted. So you see that uh, it's also an appeal uh, on uh, local question, federal question, and also uh, European question. So uh, uh, really trans and vertical uh, <clears throat> uh, text. And I'm sure we'll follow the developments very closely. Thank you, Eveline. Thank you. After an exchange of views with Evelyn Witterbrook, we are here today with uh, Monica Frassoni, who is the co-chair of the European Green Party and who took part in the conference we just mentioned in, in Rome. And um, as we were saying with Evelyn, the 22nd of October, we held a conference that was basically the opportunity for the European Green Party to discuss a number of initiatives that uh, both at the local and at the European level took place to bridge EU politics to local politics. Could you explain it, us how this link works, basically? It works uh, in uh, two ways. First, uh, it works because there are some uh, European legislation to which the Greens uh, played, for which the Greens played a very active part that are um, implemented mostly at uh, the level of the cities. Um, and uh, I think that for most member states, even the more virtuous, the existence of a European legisl legislative framework is absolutely crucial um, to um, frame the policies that are done at uh, local level. Of course, there are some countries that are more interested and more effective and some others which are lagging a bit be behind. But in general, the role of the European legislation is very important. Secondly, for Greens, the local level has traditionally been the key level of consensus. Uh, very often, um, we start our political successes in, in um, member states from the local level, because it is at the local level that uh, uh, it is more um, logical or even more uh, important to make these policies work and make these policies uh, become um, self-evident for citizens. So I think that uh, this is the way through which we, we try to link uh, the level of the European Union with uh, the one of the local um, of the local policies. And that is why we, uh, one of the main results of uh, the events that are happening in the framework of the local, uh, of the green cities basically, uh, is to create and to strengthen and to uh, go on um, raising the profile of this network of green, um, green cities elected people or actually people uh, from the Greens which are governing cities uh, that uh, are more and more aware to be not alone in their city but uh, to be a part of a European network and that is also something that for us is very very important. 
Exactly, because of this, we know that providing information and examples of existing solutions to municipalities and local authorities is essential, since it allows them to learn from each other and develop plans adapted to their specific situation. Could you give us a couple of examples that impressed you somehow? Um, I was very impressed from the example of the of the decision of Oslo to work on the divestment because it was interesting because they were working in the framework of an of a state of a nation of a government which was pretty sensible to to uh, to the divestment issue but that remained a little bit uh, ambiguous on uh, a real possibility of uh, uh, changing uh, their uh, um, if not dependence, at least their interest in investing uh, in uh, in, uh, in fossil fuels. Whereas the city of Oslo decided to get rid of all dependency from uh, from fossil fuels, and this I found particularly interesting. Then I am always always impressed by uh, what Paris does. Um, I think that uh, there it is uh, important to mention the fact that uh, you need time to develop a real green revolution in cities. Uh, the, uh, the the Greens in Paris were blessed, if you want, with the possibility of remaining in government for a long time, but they started quickly because uh, all the revolution of Velib was done um, through Greens in the, in the government of Paris. And uh, I think that uh, this challenge of mobility uh, and of restricting the place for cars uh, has been an example for many. In uh, my country, in Italy, this issue of restricting the space for cars in order to make mobility easier is extremely difficult to uh, to make uh, to know to put in the heads and I think that the example of Paris because it was also done quickly but over a relatively long period and uh, had the time to develop and to be successful is something that always impresses me but uh, this is also because I consider Paris uh, and I hope that people are not jealous um, the basically the most beautiful city in the world another example if I may that I would like to mention and that is the work that is done in Valencia uh, on the issue of corruption and uh, uh, speculation in terms in above all uh, we all know that one of the reasons in, uh, that uh, Spain had this huge crisis was because of uh, a building speculation and Valencia was the key place for that and uh, Monica Oltra who is the vice president of the community of Valencia has been extremely prevalent and the success uh, of Compromis the, the coalition of which Greens are a part was mostly due to her work on corruption and I thought that the way in which she linked um, the work to cor uh, around corruption to green policies is something that we really have to take examples from. You mentioned Italy and the situation with cars and uh, we know that despite considerable improvements in the past decades air pollution is still responsible for more than 400,000 premature deaths all across Europe each year. It also continues to damage vegetation, ecosystems, and we know that beyond 2030, only slow progress is expected according to European polls. So which additional measures are needed in Europe to achieve the long-term objectives of air pollution levels? And how can we really provide a safer health and environment for Europeans? I believe that uh, the first thing to do is to provide a much stronger uh, legislation at European level. 
we uh, have seen that in terms of air quality, uh, the legislation at European level uh, encountered extremely difficult, uh, you know, it was very, very troublesome. Um, I remember that some time ago when the Commission wanted to propose um, a stringent legislation on air pollution, an intervention, a very direct intervention of Business Europe made uh, the Commission, convince the Commission, it was still the time of, of Dimas, um, to withdraw uh, the, the legislation and make something much more light and soft. Um, also, it is true that implementing uh, this legislation at, at national level is not easy, but, uh, and basically no member state is perfect under that point of view. There are many cities which go beyond uh, the level and beyond the days in which they, they, they are supposed to, to, the limits of days that they are supposed to uh, go beyond the emissions, uh, and they do it very often. And if uh, people understand that they can, that, that nothing happens if the legislation is violated, then the credibility of this legislation is, is really very diminished. And I think that this is a little bit the problem that we have today. A legislation at European level which is still relatively weak, not very well implemented, and not that much of a high um, uh, um, priority for member states. I think that there, there is a lot of work to do, which is not only, of course, at European level, but it is also at European level. And there, the work that, that uh, the um, the group in the parliament is doing is quite important, but we need also a lot of support from the cities, notably the cities which are governed by the, by the Greens. Thank you, Monica, and thank you, Francesco Iena, for taking care of the technical part, and um, I'll see you at the next uh, interview. Grazie, ciao. Thank you.